Welcome to You Sound Like a Girl. Hi, everybody. I'm Colleen, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am Emily Rose, and my pronouns are also she, her, hers. And you are listening to You Sound Like a Girl, a storytelling project that explores and elevates cis and trans women's stories about our voices. We aim to explore the social norms around cis and trans women's voices by investigating what it means to sound like a woman and what it means for women to use our voices. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing code switching, and we're going to be hearing from Alessandra Ruiz and Shalian Dixon. Alessandra, she, her, hers, is a Latinx actress raised in Los Angeles. Since moving to New York City, she's been in several onstage and onscreen productions, and she was in the 2019 New Sound Girl production. She's currently working on several audiobook narrations as well. Shalian, she, her, hers, is an actor and martial artist from Brooklyn, New York. She studied at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and she was part of the 2018 You Sound Like a Girl workshop. Awesome. So what is code switching, which is what we're going to be talking about today? According to Merriam-Webster, code switching is broadly defined as the switching from the linguistic system of one language or dialect to that of another. When does this happen and why do we do it? It's not always conscious. People might do it to get something they want or need, to fit in, to maybe say something in secret, or even to more accurately or more easily convey their own thoughts. Code switching is often talked about in a racial context, so we also want to ground the conversation in some data from the Pew Research Center. They found that overall, Four in 10 Black and Hispanic adults and a third of white adults say they often or sometimes feel the need to change the way they talk around others of different races and ethnicities. Now that we have a foundation for this conversation, let's hear some stories from our guests, starting with Alessandra. I definitely have a different voice, especially with my mom and my family. My mom hears me in Spanglish. Like, since the first day I said a word, it's siempre sido una combinación of English and Spanish. Like, for example, I've asked my mom many times what my first word was, and she doesn't know. She says it was some Spanglish disparate that she didn't understand. And the word disparate in Spanish, at least for Cubans, basically means when you say something that's like, it doesn't make sense, it's not really a word. Actually, my godfather was the one who told her, it's like, oh, she's speaking Spanglish. And my mom said that's always how I've talked in Spanglish with her because I feel the most comfortable talking to her and the rest of my family. Also, something else I've noticed, cuando hablo con otro cubano, my accent comes out a little stronger. And she definitely hears me in my loudest voice, too, because we have a really, really big family and we're very loud. And so if you don't talk louder than somebody else, then nadie te va a oír. And everyone always thinks we're angry and fighting, but that's just our everyday talk. We're just loud and passionate. So once you get used to it, you pretty much understand us a little better. So that was some of Alessandra's experience with code switching. Now let's hear what Shalian has to say. My voice that I hated the most was my white voice. Sometimes you just want to fit in and I never did because I was always told that I sounded white whenever I tried to speak slang. For example, I'll pop a cap in your ass. Look at my bling. Yeah. I got laughed at so much. But do you want to know what's interesting? When I went to school all the way in Wisconsin, <laughs> Appleton, Wisconsin, I finally had a black voice. I don't believe anyone ever called it a black voice, but people always wondered where I was from. And when I said New York, they said that they could hear it in my voice. I assumed that if people thought that I sounded like I came from Brooklyn, 
then that meant that I had a black voice because my neighborhood was predominantly black. I remember my theater professor asked me once if I was from New Jersey. I said, ew, I'm from New York. He said, oh, I can't hear it in your voice. Then he asked, which part of New York? I said, Brooklyn. He said, now I hear it, Brooklyn. And I thought, whew, thought I lost my black voice again. Oh, Thank you so much, Shalian. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about you sound like a girl and code switching. You know, when do you hear the phrase code switching? What do you two think of? I know that's a big one. Well, I know for me, for the longest, like, I'm not going to lie, I didn't know what code switching was. Mm-hmm. I had never heard the word till about when we were doing You Sound Like a Girl. I think it was Sarah Jane who first said it around me. And I was like, what is that? And then I felt embarrassed. And then I was like, wait, I've done that my whole life. Why didn't I know there was a word for it? And now when I hear it, I'm like, I'm not the only person who does that. I think it's a combination of me just processing that still and seeing that like, okay, so this is something that's common. That makes me feel a little bit better. Where I kind of learned code switching from my mom, God bless her soul. When she would be on the phone with like, I guess a bill collector or anyone, it'd be like, yes, hello, this is Miss Levy. And we'd be, you know, the bad kids that we were just like talking and everything. And then she'll like put her hand over the phone and be like, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone. And I'm just like, what? So we always called it her white people's voice, but we also called it her business voice. I think hearing her say it so many times, it um, unconsciously, you know, was something that I, I just picked up. And I didn't learn it until, you know, I think college that, you know, I was actually code switching. You know, it wasn't like I grew up saying, yes, now I'm going to sound like this. But it's just something that we knew that this would get us what we wanted. Like they would always say, like, if you call the cops, they wouldn't come to your neighborhood as fast as they would to a white neighborhood unless you sound like a white person. Like, yes, hello, there's a there's a fire, a fire. And, you know, the cops wouldn't take a whole half an hour to come. They'll be there in like two minutes. And so it's things like that. Or I think in school, like or just your surroundings, if you go to the park, you just want to fit. Even like shopping, going to like a department store, you know, so that you don't seem like a threat to anyone. You know, you say, yes, I'm here to pick out the clothes for me and my children. (laughs) So (laughs) that's part of it. You know, that's what I think about. So it seems like both survival and fitting in, right? Like finding your people. I'm going to throw in that this is how I know that my dad has something serious to say because he will text me in Spanish about things that he doesn't want my mom to know about. So if like someone went to the doctor because something is wrong, my dad will text me in Spanish to be like, call your mother and have a positive conversation with her, please. So my dad uses that for sure. Talking Spanish like around people who don't speak Spanish is always an easy cop out for when I'm like, well, I don't want them to fucking know what I'm talking about. And I use that with like within my family, like my mom and I when we're out or like even with friends or my boyfriend and stuff like that, like easily like speaking Spanish to like maybe to keep a secret, but also maybe to like even protect ourselves even can be a thing. I don't know. It's very interesting because like some people are sometimes are upset by it. But I'm like, well, this is a tool that I have for me and something that I grew up with in my family. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So my fault you don't understand Spanish. (laughs) I'm like, you could learn the language. There's Duolingo. Go for it. You've both talked about how your identities have shaped the way that you speak. So I wonder if you could dive a little bit 
deeper into that, right? You've talked about the place where you're from, your family history. So how does the way that you speak intersect with who you are, with your identity? Are you guys having a problem understanding what I'm saying? No. No. The reason why I asked that question is when I was in acting school, there was a specific teacher who said that my tongue was slow and that he couldn't understand what I was saying. I was just like, what does that even mean? So I went to like another teacher. I went to him and I said, oh my gosh, this person said that my tongue is slow and that I can't speak right. And he was like, excuse me? He's like, there's nothing wrong with your tongue, right? And I realized that the teacher who said that my tongue is slow, he was commenting on like just where I'm from, the environment that I grew up in. And he's just like, you don't sound white. That's the problem. And it was actually a realization like later on in life Well, he understands what he's saying too. So code switching isn't just black or Hispanic people understanding that this is how we get what we want or to fit in or whatever it is. It's, you know, white people also saying, yeah, if I want them to like be like me, I need to tell them in an indirect way that they don't sound the right way. Yeah, it's a like a form of erasure, right? Yes. But I think I can add to that about sounding more white. When I was in high school, even I had like my theater professor who didn't even know I was Hispanic at all. He definitely thought I was white. And I was like, with my name, Alessandra Ruiz, I was like, why is that a white name? And he's like, you sound like a pretty much like a white girl and you're fair skinned ish. And I was like, what? I'm offended. I'm so proud of who I am and everyone knows. And he's like, yeah, you just don't sound, you know, like a Latina. And I was like, oh. And like, that was just such a surprise to me. I was like, wow. And then that opened up my eyes like at a young age of like realizing the way my voice sounds to other people doesn't always portray what I really am or in their perception of what is a Latinx person. Did you find that you were like manipulating your voice to sound a specific way after that type of a conversation? I think sometimes, yeah, when I felt like it was in my benefit to sound more like white girl. But then when I wanted to like just be myself or sound more Latinx and be like, this is who I am, then I definitely would like code switch and be like more obvious. Yeah, I feel like especially in like theater schools and programs and things like that, it is all about like wiping away any form of identity that is not white, cis, heterosexual, and then some nondescript middle of the country accent, which doesn't actually exist. And it's like, that's not a human. Now that you two have, you know, listened to each other, I'm wondering if you learned anything or you were like, oh, yes, I totally feel that same way hearing each other's experiences. You know, the Spanglish. I never had to worry about that because my family doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. But um, my family is part Jamaican. So there's Patois, right? And that's something that I always struggled with speaking and hearing, you know. People like my brother-in-law would be like, you're Jafakin. You're not really from the, the land or anything. And I'm not. I was born here. It's just, you know, in my DNA. And still, like, as a kid, I wanted to speak Patois. You know, a lot of people in my neighborhood spoke like that. It was difficult. And people would just laugh because I, I just sounded like I was really trying so hard. I, I'm not even going to try to butcher it right now. Like, I'm not going to entertain anyone with that. But um, it would just come out horrible, horrible. But yeah, you're American. <laughs> I think listening to Shalians is interesting as well. Here in New York, when people are like, oh, where are you from? And I go, oh, yeah, I'm from L.A. They're like, oh, I hear it. And I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, you sound like a Valley girl. And I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? And then I've had a few friends also kind of say that like some words I have like a Hispanic accent, not thick enough. I'm just intrigued because I'm like, what do you mean when you say that? I don't understand. So I feel like it's similar in in what Shalians' uh, piece was talking about. 
final question. If you were talking to a young person or maybe even like your younger self, what would you tell them about code switching? I think that um, for a long time, I was always trying to like find this perfect voice. And in the beginning, I thought like it was a white voice because that's what people were pushing me towards, like in that direction. But, you know, the more liberated I came and the more educated I became, I realized my voice is my voice. You know, my voice is who I am and it's loud and I talk fast a lot of times and that's just a part of my makeup. You know, I get really excited and all those other things that I, like we've talked about, it was me trying to find this moment you know, in time where I can just be like, yeah, this is me. I don't care if I sound too loud. I don't care if I laugh. (laughs) You know, you love it. (laughs) Um, And I don't care if I talk fast sometimes, you know, you can just always tell me to slow down and I'll slow down. But everything from when I was young to now has made has made me I think for me, it's very similar as well. I speak really fast and I'm always telling people, I'm like, oh, that's because it's my Spanish because in Spanish, Cubans talk really fast. So then in naturally in English, I'm going to talk very fast. And people are constantly yelling at me about they're like, hey, use inside voice, please. Why are you projecting 24-7? But that's just who I am. I'm passionate and I'm loud. And I'm excited. I think it's a reflection as well of my family and my upbringing and my culture. And, and I have nothing to hide about that. And I love using Spanish like interchangeably or I'm expressing myself like in curse words in Spanish occasionally, a coño here and there. You know, it just feels natural. Like it helps me feel more proud and confident of who I am and who I've become and I'm still becoming and growing every day. So I find pride in that. Yeah, it makes me happy. Can code switching actually be a good thing or empowering? I would say if you want the cops to come, if you want the FDNY to come, yes. If you want to, you know, get someone to lower a bill, yes, it is highly useful. Use it. But when it comes to like fitting in, just be you. You are, you are enough. Absolutely. I think I definitely agree with that. If you need to talk some extra new chisme or you need to keep some secrets to yourself, definitely use Spanish or whatever language you speak. Use it for yourself to empower you. You're uniquely you and that's beautiful and wonderful. And so I think it's wonderful to honor whatever quality of voice and type that you have. Amazing. So now that we have come to the end of this episode, we want to do what we always do and tell our listeners about a woman's voice that we appreciated or enjoyed this week. Remember, when we're talking about women, we're talking about cis and trans women. And to get us started, Shallion. I'm going to break your one rule. I'm going to name three, okay? First, I'm going to talk about Brene Brown. I'm reading her book, Daring Greatly, currently. And every page is amazing. So if you want to learn more about like vulnerability and all that stuff, please pick up that book. The next two actually coincide together, Jamila Jamil and Catherine Ryan. I listened to Jamila Jamil podcast, I Weigh, and she had Catherine Ryan on it. And I was like, this lady sounds so funny. I want to know more. So I went and I watched her Netflix special, In Trouble. I watched it three days straight. Like I watched it on Friday, then again on Saturday, then again on Sunday. I loved her, okay? She is a black lady trapped in this white woman's body. She is amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing (laughs) all of those. Um, Alessandra. I'll have to share uh, the one and only royalty uh, that is Lizzo. I love her deeply ever since I discovered her a few years back. Um, I recently watched her David Letterman episode, which was really wonderful. Reminded me of why she's so wonderful. And I think she's such a positive, bright light for not only for myself, but for all women out there and all people in general. She's really amazing and she's doing wonderful things for people. And I feel like 
This is only her beginning. Definitely listen to her. If you haven't, you'll be blessed. Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing Lizzo into the room. Colleen. I'm going to do another podcast called Mind Your Practice, um, and it comes from Beth Pickens. And Beth is based in Los Angeles, and she is this amazing consultant and supporter of artists. And she also wrote a book called Your Art Will Save Your Life, all about making sure that artists can continue to make art during really terrible times like a global pandemic. So check it out. Mind Your Practice. Thank you. I'm subscribing right now. So I'm going to close this out and share Mm -hmm. mine. I am finally reading Emergent Strategy. Um, That's by Adrienne Marie Brown. I'm reading it so that then I can go and read Pleasure Activism, which I like especially want to read. These books are all about organizing and radically changing the world. And they're all based in joy and wonder. And there's not enough of that right now. So I love this. Amazing. Wow, that was great. Agreed. We had such a good time. Thank you all so much for listening. Our co-hosts are me, Colleen Hughes. And me, Emily Rose Pratz. I also edit our audio and our researcher is Rachel Levins. Our music is Nice Girl, written and recorded by Reverend Yolanda. And a huge thank you to our guests, Alessandra and Shalyan. If you'd like to learn more about Alessandra, head on over to alessandraruiz.com. That's A-L-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-A. R-U-I-Z.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Shalian, you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, and sometimes on Twitter at Shalian Dixon. That's S-H-A-L-L-I-O-N-D-I-X-O-N. You can find You Sound Like a Girl at YouSoundLikeAGirl.com. Email us at YouSoundLikeAGirl at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at YouSoundLikeAGirl. Catch you next time. Bye. Thank you.